When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. Welcome to Inside the Cap. I'm your host, Joel Corey. You can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That's C O R R Y. J-O-E-L, and also read my regular CBSSports.com column, Agents Take on NFL Salary Cap and Contract Matters. Since we are essentially at the quarter mark of the NFL season, minus the uh, Monday night game of the Rams and 49ers, which is a repeat of last year's NFC Championship game, let's take a look at players in a contract year. And we're going to start off with the uh, one which will take up all the uh, attention, Lamar Jackson. Um, Lamar Jackson is doing everything he should be doing individually. The Ravens can't hold big leads in games. That's why they're 2-2 two and two, as opposed to 4-0. and oh. But Jackson was um, AFC Offensive Player of the Month for September. He's tied for the league in touchdown passes of 11, and... He's on pace for another 1,000-yard rushing season um, with uh, 316 rushing yards, which is 79 yards per game. Now, I keep seeing people saying, oh, Lamar Jackson's made a lot of money this year. Well, what Lamar Jackson has done so far this year by turning down a five-year offer reportedly worth $250 million with $133 million fully guaranteed, which was... Um, gave him the second highest average early salary and second most money fully guaranteed ever NFL contract is he's assured himself that the Ravens are going to give him the exclusive franchise tag, not the non-exclusive franchise tag. That number projects to $45.248 million right now and is subject to change depending upon what other developments there are in the quarterback market between now and when the restricted free agent signing period um, ends next April. And he's also assured himself of the Ravens making him an offer of the highest paid player in football. And right now, that is Aaron Rodgers, whose contract averages $50.271 million, I believe. Now, that's not the issue with Lamar Jackson. He wanted a fully guaranteed contract that Deshaun Watson five-year, $230 million contract in connection with his trade from the uh, Texans to the Browns uh, is an anomaly. So the question becomes, is Steve Bishotti, the Ravens owner, who wouldn't give him a fully guaranteed contract this year, going to blink on that front? Is he going to give him, let's say, $235 million over five years fully guaranteed? If not, then is there a number that Lamar is willing to take in a structure which isn't fully guaranteed. If both sides are 
going to be stuck in their positions, then this is a franchise tag situation, and we start heading down the uh, uh, Kirk Cousins uh, road, where he played two franchise tags and then hit free agency. So that's what Lamar's done so far. And we won't know till the end of the year whether Bashadi is going to blink or not. Lamar's playing great, MVP candidate. But premature to say, oh, he's made himself a ton of money. Because the one thing he wants is a fully guaranteed contract, and we don't know whether he's doing enough for Bashadi to give him one. Win the Super Bowl, and then that's a whole different equation. Now, next guy I want to turn to is Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley is looking better than he did as a rookie. And as a rookie... Saquon Barkley was the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year, led the league with 2,028 yards from scrimmage, combined rushing and receiving yards. Um, He's in year five, playing on a fifth-year option, I think $7.217 million, but the years in between haven't been pretty for Saquon Barkley. Torres ACL in 2020, played two games last year, wasn't the same person that he'd previously been. 593 rushing yards, 3.7 yards per carry in 13 games uh, last year. He got off to a great start at the beginning of the season. Week one, offensive player of the uh, NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Now, it's a two-man race the way things stand to win the rushing title. It's between Saquon Barkley and Nick Chubb right now. Uh, Barkley is leading the NFL in rushing with 463 yards, 84 carries, averaging 5.5 yards per carry. He's also leading the NFL with 570 yards per scrimmage. He's on a pace to flirt with 2,000 rushing yards, and his career on rushing yards is 1,307. And he's on a pace to have more um, yards per scrimmage um, than he did in his rookie year. So... 570 yards per scrimmage, leading the NFL in that as well. Now the question becomes, given that he's a running back who has durability concerns, the Giants are 3-1, which is a surprise. Nobody had the Giants at being 3-1 after four games. Do you pay Saquon Barkley? Personally, I'm philosophically against paying running backs. Um, the, The running back that I would pay would have to be Someone with the power of Jim Brown, the elusiveness of Barry Sanders, the pass-catching ability uh, out of backfield of Marshall Falk, and the speed of Chris Johnson. That guy does not exist. So basically, I'm not paying a running back, but I don't have franchise to run, so my opinion doesn't really matter from that standpoint. Um, but the Giants, do they stick a franchise tag on him, which will be about $10.1 million, or they go ahead and pay him? Highest paid running back is uh, Christian McCaffrey to uh, shade over $16 million. And right before he got paid those two years in 2018 and 19, he was coming off a year where he had a 1,000-1,000 season um, receiving uh, yards and rushing yards. Third player in history to do that, to join Roger Craig and Marshall Falk. But he was also an Ironman. That his playtime was over 90% in 2018 and 2019, which was easily the most for a running back, and he's been a walking injury since then. And his deal will be three years old by the time, basically by the time you have to pay uh, 
Barkley. So that market has been stagnant. Do you want to pay a running back at the top of the market? I wouldn't. Not as good as Saquon Barkley's looked. I don't want to pay a guy who has durability concerns. I'd go year to year personally. Now, most of the market has settled in around $12 million, um, in the past couple of years. Derrick Henry, $12.5 million when he was franchised uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, Nick Chubb last year signed an extension to $12.2 million per year. Joe Mixon, when he got his extension, was $12 million. Alvin Kamara, it's on paper, 75 over 5, but there's $25 million in the last year. So it's really 60 over 4, 12 and a half. So would the Giants be comfortable going 12 and a half? And if you do that, I would go short-term range. But if you go year to year, you're talking about 10-1, giving it a 20% raise. You're talking a, 12 point, a little over $12 million. Um, I would probably do that if I'm the Giants. But Saquon Barkley looks like he could be in the running for Offensive Player of the Year and Comeback Player of the Year. All right, I'm going to spend not much time on Tom Brady. Tom Brady technically is a free agent. Um, he'd retired briefly after the uh, Buccaneers lost to the Rams in the divisional playoff round, then had a change of heart. Um, he's still beating Father Time. This Brady kind of reminds me of his last year at the Patriots 2019 because he, he hasn't – he's not demonstrably any worse than he was during his first two years of the Bucks. It's just everything else around him has collapsed. The offensive line – uh, they suffered some losses in, re- in free agency and retirement. Um, Donovan Smith, the left tackle's hurt. The receivers have been banged up. So, it's not the same cast. They're 2-2. Two and two. They should win the NFC South. But he's a free agent. He might have a marriage if he wants to keep playing football after this year. I expect him to retire and also... There's another variable in the equation which never existed before. He's got that deal in place with Fox Sports to be the lead analyst on NFL games and be an ambassador for the network. And he signed a deal reportedly worth $375 million over 10 years, which is more than he's ever made, average per year, than any NFL contract, more than he's made in his entire career from his uh, NFL contracts. Now, let's keep it at quarterbacks for a minute. Um, Baker Mayfield... Looks like he's going to get Matt Rule fired in Carolina and Sam Bradford, not Sam Bradford, Sam Darnold is eligible to come off the uh, injured reserve this week from his ankle sprain. I don't know if he will or not. That's who um, Mayfield beat out after the Browns traded him uh, a couple of weeks before training camp started uh, to the Panthers. But Matt Rule... May not make it through the season at this rate. They're one and three. The offense is terrible. Uh, Mayfield stinking up the joint. 31st in completion percentage, 54.7 percent. Passer rating 30th, uh, 75 passer rating. Four TDs, three interceptions. Donald may take his job in the next couple of weeks if this continues. Rule that won't make it through the season. I'd start dusting off my resume for openings at Wisconsin, Colorado. In Nebraska, if I'm him, the way things are going. In Mayfield, this was his last best shot to be a starting quarterback because if this continues, <laughs> uh, he's destined to be a backup quarterback. Now, Jimmy Garoppolo has gotten his starting job uh, back by injury because of 
an injury to um, Trey Lance, who broke his ankle in week two. Now, Garoppolo did not set the world on fire and raised a lot of eyebrows. I was like, yeah, well, maybe that's why uh, they were going to go for Trey Lance against the Broncos and um, running out of the end zone for safety um, on a drop back it doesn't help. But this is Garoppolo's chance to have a basically season-long audition um, for a starting job next year because uh, the revamped contract he signed, which no one expected him to, uh, does not allow the uh, 49ers to franchise him after the season. So <laughs> we'll see where Garoppolo is at the end of the year. But another quarterback who will be a free agent that I'm really curious to see um, what happens to him is Cooper Rush of the Cowboys. Cowboys are 3-1. and one. He's won all three of his starts in place of Dak Prescott with the broken thumb. Uh, next week, it's the Rams. Prescott, there have been reports Prescott would want to play, but it's going to be until he's ready to grip the football. And Cowboys are playing with house money right now because you get three wins from your backup quarterback. Um, and it's – I'm curious to see how Rush – position is positioned after the year because at some point Dak comes back and plays. Uh, they didn't put him on IR to keep him out four weeks and he's been out at least four weeks. He's been out now three weeks so if he misses another game they might as well just put him on IR and get in and save the roster gotten the roster spot temporarily because it'll be the fourth game that he's missed um, next week. But Rush wasn't even on the active roster the first week. He was on a practice squad, and they elevated him, then signed him back to the contract he was under when they released him at the roster cutdowns. He's making league minimum. I actually signed him to a one which gave him a little better cap treatment, that it's a veteran salary benefit contract. So he's making his league minimum of $1,035,000 this year, and the cap hit is eight ninety-five. Um, after they re-signed him, so 845 and some change, because um, it's for 16, for 17 weeks as opposed to 18. But um, it's got no interceptions, three three and O's a backup starter, four touchdowns. It's not that they're winning games with his arm. The running game has been um, his best friend, but he's doing what you're supposed to do as a backup quarterback. Does someone think he's a stopgap starter after this year? That remains to be seen, but backup money is three to four million dollar range. Andy Dalton's making three on a one. If you are in New Orleans, if you are one of these like stopgap starters or compete to start, that's really six, seven million. So either way, he's made himself money, um, and we'll see exactly. When he goes back to the bench, Dallas can exercise more caution with Dak because Rush is doing what you're supposed to do instead of a backup, keeping the ship afloat. So that gives him the luxury, buys him more time um, to wait for uh, Dak to be totally healthy. And I know Jerry was like, wouldn't it be nice to have a quarterback controversy? And there's no quarterback controversy. You got one man making $40 million 
you've uh, restructured that contract a couple of times already, added a proration. You gave him a $65 million signing bonus, biggest signing bonus in NFL history. I haven't done the math, but all the proration, you can't trade him. It just wouldn't work half-wise, so let's not even go there. Okay, let's uh, get out of the uh, quarterback position, and let's go to offensive line for a minute. Now, um, Orlando Brown of the Chiefs was franchised this year and is playing on a $16.662 million tag as opposed to taking a reported six-year, $139 million contract with a $30.25 million signing bonus, which would have been the largest signing bonus for an offensive lineman at, at the time, that was backloaded. And this was right before the July 15th deadline for franchise players to sign long-term. It would have made, made him the highest-paid offensive lineman on paper at $23,166,667 per year. And that's because there's $44 million in the last year of the contract. And from 2027, he'd never see. So it's really 95 over five years, which is basically the top of the right tackle market. Now, smart move. If you are 26 years old, why, you sign, why would you sign a six-year backloaded deal just so you could say, I'm the highest paid guy, when that's going to go away next year? Because Laramie Tunsil is getting a new deal. He's got a cap number over $35 million. He's averaging $22 million per year. The Texans are going to have to pay him. He's got that type of leverage. So pay him or trade him to someone who will. So you'd be short-lived as the highest-paid guy, and you're stuck under contract for six years, but it's really a last year you won't see. So I know Brown didn't look good against the uh, Chargers um, on a Thursday night game, but uh, – he is a Pro Bowl caliber left tackle. Those guys don't grow on trees. And if he's upright, has a good year, they're have to franchise him again. That's going to be for 20% raise, $19,994,440 would be that second franchise tag. If you let him hit the open market, someone is going to overpay Orlando Brown Jr. Now, the reason I say that is Trent Brown heading into his contract year was most likely going to be benched in San Francisco. They give him away. I think it was a fourth-round pick that they traded him to New England. He had a okay uh, regular season, much better playoffs. Raiders sign him, make him the highest-paid tackle in football, and this is a guy who had been an average to slightly above average offensive tackle at best until that playoff run. So you get a Pro Bowl caliber right tackle, I mean left tackle, who is a better right tackle but wants to be a left tackle in honor of his dad, Orlando Zeus Brown, who played for the uh, Browns and the Ravens, then that's going to be a guy who'd be in high demand. Sticking with the offensive line and at tackle – Elton Jenkins is one that is intriguing to me from the standpoint that there aren't offensive linemen that can play every offensive line position and play him at a high level. Jenkins is a unicorn. His 2021 season was uh, cut short 
because of uh, ACL tearing his left knee 11 games into the season. 2020 year in Pro Bowl honors playing left guard. He's playing left tackle last year while David Bakhtiari was out. He's come back this year and missed week one. He's playing right tackle. So <laughs> I'm Green Bay. I think long and hard about whether I want to put a franchise tag on him. Um, that's going to be in the $18.25 million neighborhood. But if you don't, with his rare versatility, somebody, he he's going to have a whole lot of people after him in free agency. One more offensive line I want to talk about is Jack Conklin. Uh, Conklin is on a three-year, $42 million deal um, with the uh, Browns. And Conklin took a pay cut last year and tore his ACL and just made his uh, middle season, um, just missed his middle of 2020 season, I should say, just made his uh, 2022 debut uh, yesterday against the Falcons. Now, he was a first-team All-Pro when he was healthy in the first year of that contract, 2020. So the right tackle market took off starting in 2021. Because you've got uh, four right tackles you signed that year, averaging $17.5 million or more, I believe. Uh, Brian O'Neill, uh, Taylor Moten, uh, Braden Smith, and Ryan Ramchek, who is the highest paid right tackle at $19.2 million per year. So if Conklin can come back and he looks like the Jack Conklin that the Browns had signed initially, He's going to be in a great position to reap the benefit of the changes in the right tackle market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's move to uh, tight end now. Um, there were two tight ends, uh, Dalton Schultz of the Cowboys and Mike Gusicki uh, of uh, the Dolphins that were given a $10.931 million franchise tag. And Schultz is going through uh, injury plague contract year. Um, missed week three game because of a PCL injury uh, that he suffered uh, to his, I think his right knee, and came back uh, uh, this week and had a very quiet day. Uh, three targets, no catches. Last year, um, Schultz had a career year, 78 catches, 808 receiving yards, eight touchdowns. He and the Cowboys were never close to a deal uh, before the July 15th deadline for uh, franchise players. Now, um, the David Njoku deal um, became an issue uh, because Schultz had clearly outperformed him up to that point. And Njoku signed a four-year deal averaging $13,687,500 per year in June. Now, I don't think anything outside of uh, Schultz having just a terrible contract year is going to change that analysis, although Njoku 
was looking much better than he had previously in four games, 18 catches, 201 yards, and a touchdown. Now, one thing that we've kind of, I've kind of noticed is that uh, Dak Prescott really trusts and looks for Dalton Schultz. Cooper Rush, not so much. So if there's anybody in the Cowboys who can't wait for Dak Prescott to come back at quarterback, it is probably Dalton Schultz. But a second franchise tag for the Cowboys would be $13,117,200 for Schultz. So um, that's where I kind of anticipate this thing going. Now, the totally different uh, equation for uh, Gesicki. Now, he does not fit what Mike McDaniel wants in a tight end. He wants a complete tight end who can block and be a pass catcher. Gesicki in his uh, previous, uh, on the previous coaches, is basically a jumbo-sized wide receiver. Blocking is not his forte. Now, problem is that in this offense, he is clearly now the second tight end. Uh, from a playtime standpoint, Jerome Smythe is on the field. Smythe, uh, there have been 238 uh, offensive snaps for the Dolphins, 145 for Smythe, 114 for uh, Siki. So that's a problem. <laughs> when you got one guy making $3.5 million per year, $7 million over two years, he's your primary tight end from a playtime standpoint then you got your high priced uh, franchise guy who's playing less than 50% and this is the least amount of snaps Gesicki's taken since his rookie year he's got um, 8 catches for 71 yards and a touchdown through 4 games so this is not what he imagined um, in his contract year it would not be a surprise for there to be chatter for a trade um, as the trading deadline approaches, which is the Tuesday, and it's just in a month, the Tuesday after week uh, eight's games is the trading deadline. So I'd keep my eye on that. Now let's turn our attention to the uh, defensive side of the ball. And we are going to uh, start with um, the most contentious or acrimonious contract negotiation there was during the offseason and preseason, that was the Bears and Roquan Smith, who was his own agent. Um, we don't know what Smith was looking for, but the Bears weren't coming close to it. That uh, I assume they want to be the highest paid um, off-ball linebacker, which is Shaquille Leonard, five-year, $98.5 million extension he got last preseason, averaging... 19.7 um, per year, 52.5 million guarantees. This got to the point where Smith requested a trade, which the Bears had no interest in doing. And some of the things that he alleged were in the contract were a little shocking, like a salary de-escalator, which you don't put in contracts of this magnitude. Smith is making the transition from middle linebacker to weak side linebacker um, and had some growing pains, but every the we saw what he can be in this system in week three against the Texans when he had a very good case to be defensive player of the week. 16 tackles, 
and a interception which set up the game-winning field goal. Um, he's leading the NFL in tackles um, with 46 through four games. There's one problem with that. The Bears have by far the worst rushing defense in the league that you don't see in the modern NFL teams who are giving up more yards against the run per game in the past. That's the Bears. 168.5 yards through the air, 183.3 on the ground per game. Um, The Bears are going to have $100 in cap room next year, or right around there, depending upon where the cap comes in. Off-ball linebackers typically don't get franchised. Um, the last one was David Bear, David Harris by the Jets in 2011. But a franchise tag for Smith is not out of the question. That number, I projected to be about $20.5 million. So, it'll be interesting to see if they do put the tag on him, given that it's been a decade, over a decade, since an off-ball linebacker has been tagged. But in this system, he plays a very important role. Uh, off-ball uh, linebackers are a non-premium position generally, but in this defense, they have a little bit more importance. Now, let's uh, move to the defensive line in, in, in Bradley Chubb. Now, Bradley Chubb was the fifth overall pick in 2018, led all rookies in sacks with 12, and has been suffered through injuries. Uh, tore his ACL um, in 2019, only played four games, came back in 2020, earned Pro Bowl honors. 2021, uh, um, had no sacks. <laughs> I think he played seven games, no sacks. <laughs> this year, He's got three. So he's trending in the right direction. Um, he's got it's on a $13.926 million fifth-year option. So they're paying Randy Gregley basically $14 million per year to be the pass rush on the other side. So Chubb, given that high first-round pick pedigree, and he's on a pace for double-digit sacks, if they don't stick a franchise tag on him, then – there could be some significant interest in him in the open market. Now, speaking of franchise tags, Jesse Bates was unable to uh, reach a deal uh, before the July 15th deadline. He's on a $12.911 million um, tag. The uh, He decided that he was going to come in on his own time and sign his uh, tag. And it was the latter part of August before he... Um, join the Bengals. Bengals got off to a slow start. They're now kind of uh, right at the ship, and they're 2-2. Two and two. Uh, The Bengals don't have a track record of using a franchise tag twice on the same player in consecutive years. So uh, Daxon Hill was taken with the 31st overall pick in this year's NFL draft. Uh, we'll see if they, uh, as a contingency plan to me, we'll see if the, if the uh, Bengals make a sincere attempt to try to sign Bates after the year. But there are two issues. One, the Bengals don't structure their contracts like practically every other NFL team. The only guaranteed money is signing bonus. So, one, any deal would have guarantees which are extremely light. 
and considering Derwin James is now the uh, highest paid safety at 19 million per year and he's got over 40 million in guarantees <laughs> in his deal and second you got Minka Fitzpatrick at 18.47 and he's got like 36 fully guaranteed at signing the guaranteed money is the first issue and then Bengals probably don't want to go in that territory they probably would be more comfortable in the Marcus Williams territory which is about 14 million per year so Bates is probably going to hit the open market and we've seen past couple of years that the safeties who've done the best have signed with their own teams as opposed to going to the open market. And speaking of safeties, uh, Jordan Poyer, um, who had the uh, interception in the end zone yesterday against the uh, uh, Ravens to prevent them from putting the game potentially out of reach, is going to be a free agent uh, this year. Um, they added some money to his contract uh, this year to appease him. Um, this was like in, in training camp, uh, instead of giving him a new deal. He play, he's got a more important role than he's had in the past because Micah Hyde is out for the year, his partner in crime at safety. And they added $1.5 million in incentives to his contract this year. Um, there's one problem with Jordan Poyer. He's a all-pro last year, Pro Bowl guy last year. He's going to be 32 He's born in 91. He's going to be 32 next April. That's not a recipe for uh, free agent success, uh, as we saw uh, this year. That A guy I thought that would do very well on the open market but was languishing out there until after the draft was Tyron Matthew. That Matthew is a year younger than Poyer, and Matthew... Ended up signing in May a three-year, $27 million deal. And there's another $6 million in incentives to make the uh, max value $33 million, $18 million in overall guarantees. But I'm thinking this is going to be more like the Harrison Smith thing, who with 32 signs for $16 million per year, that someone's going to pay him more than his last deal of $14 million. Didn't happen. So if I'm poorer... Uh, I might try to stay in Buffalo. I've had success, my best success there. Hitting the market as a 32-year-old safety, and given that the younger safeties haven't been able to really capitalize past couple of years at the highest level, I don't know if I'd want to hit the open market if I'm him. Um, Now, let's go back to uh, defensive line for uh, Deron Payne. There are only so many guys on the commander's on that defensive line who get paid. They paid Jonathan Allen at $18 million per year. Payne wanted a contract this year. They got two first-round picks, Montez Sweat and Chase Young, as ends. So Payne's probably the odd man out. So he's really a run-stuffer who does have some ability to rush the passer. He's got two sacks this year. So he should do – I expect him to be elsewhere next year. That's going to be – you have like – top of the market for those uh, interior guys who are more run stuffers. And Kenny, and Kenny Clark's got some pass rush ability as well. He's a $17.5 million per year on a deal a couple of years ago. Um, the market was like the DJ readers when they signed 
Um, I think that was in 2020. That was like 13 and a half, and Javon Hargrave 13 and a half, 14. So Payne's going to be looking to go well past that um, on the open market. And I don't expect him back with the uh, Commanders next year. Now um, the Eagles are 4 and 0. The NFL's only undefeated team, and they had a lot of guys they brought in through trades, free agency. And one of the guys that has really helped the secondary that they brought in was James Bradbury. Uh, One team's trash is another team's treasure is what I call Bradbury this year. He was uh, released by the Giants as a uh, cap casualty um, after the draft that um, he was scheduled to make uh, $13.5 million this year, and there's no way that John's their cap situation was going to keep him. There wasn't a trade market materializing. So they ended up releasing Bradbury. Bradbury goes to the Eagles on a one-year deal with a base value of $7.25 million. Maxes at um, 10 through incentives. Um, he was going to be in the last year of a three-year deal averaging $14.5 million per year that he signed in, in um, 2020. And Bradford, his 2021 season wasn't quite up to his – it wasn't a bad season, but it wasn't quite as up to his uh, 2020 season. You got the regime change and so forth, and then you got a guy that was a 2020 pro, pro bowler that – is out on the street. Goes in division to the Eagles. You pair him next to Darius Slay. You got one of the best cornerback tandems in the league. And Bradbury so far this year has picked off two passes. Um, opponents are completing 48% of their passes against them. 12 of 25. Passer rating 27.4 against them. So Bradbury is going to be, how old is he? Um, Bradbury, be 29-year-old free agent, turns 29. I'll oh, actually be 30. Be 30 next August. But get another deal, um, same neighborhood as the uh, Giants one is not out of the question for him. So uh, that's going to be our look at contract year um, players for this year. And then later in the year, we're going to do an assessment, I'd say, as we get in the uh, um, home stretch of the regular season, players who have uh, helped themselves and hurt themselves um, in a contract year. Don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel, that's C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L, and also read my regular CBSSports.com column. Um, thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next time. Goodbye.